Why are we really here, Ethan? I wanted to see you. And our daughter, you, you, you want to see her too? Yes. <laughs> yes. I started a college fund. Why the sudden interest? It's not sudden, Tina. I try to stay in touch. I left her a message on her birthday. <laughs> yes, and now she'll have to wait another year to hear from you again. I'm dying, Tina. You think this is easy for me? No, I'm... Sick. I mean, I'm, I'm dying. Sorry it took so long, but I'm afraid your will must be signed in both French and English. I don't want Zoe to know. At least not right away. looks better than before. Don't look too hard. It's falling apart. I know I haven't done right by you and Zoe. I want to see her before I go. You have to make me a promise. I'll let you see her under one condition. Are you done? Are you really done working for them? Yes. Promise me. Yes. It's the lot. I should have left a long time ago. I'm gonna be fine. I've got the whole day planned first. Oh no, no, sweetheart, no. She has her own plans. You just have to catch up. Hi, sweetie. Hi, Zoe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Mom, please don't cry. I'm fine. No, I'm just... I'll be back home at 8.30. Yeah. yeah. What are we supposed to do? All right. How about I cook? You're on. So you want me to call you Dad or should I just call you Ethan? I think I like Dad. Favorite place to go after school? No, no, we had a favorite place. Flying chairs, remember? Look, Ethan, we don't need to do this, all right? I know you probably want to talk and get to know each other. So I transferred back here to Paris. I'm not mad at you, all right? I don't need you to explain any of this, all right? It's not a big deal. Come on, Zoe. Let's go to the cafe. You, I want you to meet Ethan. Who? I'm Zoe's father. Oh, hello. <laughs> well, great to meet you, Ethan. Um, Mr. Renner. Sorry, sometimes I just get a bit nervous when I see American cowboys. <laughs> okay. He's older than you. Yeah, he's a senior. Is there something wrong with that? Back when I was growing up, it's you. He was so different than you. 
Look, I know I'm blowing it here, so yeah, yeah. Look, I thought you might want to ride this home. Wow, this is for me? Yeah. It's uh, so purple. Yeah, it's your favorite color. Right, when I was like nine. I'm taking the metro with my friends. All right, so I'll see you home for dinner. Zoe, I'll see you home for dinner. How many of you have seen this movie? Good movies, couple of couple of inappropriate words, couple of the inappropriate scenes, but I chose the movie because of the family relationship. And and in fact, it's a spy movie, but you'd never know that from the clips that I'm going to show you today. But the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking about the family dynamics. Now, Kevin Costner is a CIA agent. By the way, we, some of y'all in the middle, can y'all scoot in just a little bit? We still got some folks coming in, so get cozy. Uh, I'll, I'll have you introduce yourself later, put your arm around your neighbor, all that stuff. But for now, yeah, there we go. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, Kevin Costner is a CIA agent. He's a lifetime agent, been there over 32 years and his job has been the most important thing in his life. And he hasn't seen his daughter for five years. He's, he's been absent. And a lot has changed, obviously. Uh, she doesn't like purple anymore, and uh, there's a lot of things that he didn't realize. Well, he decides, he finds out he's dying, and he only has five, uh, three to five months left to live, and so he transfers to Paris, and that's where his daughter and his wife are. Now, dad has been absent, and, and that can happen in a one-parent family or a two-parent family. My dad was working all the time. I remember my dad playing catch with me one time. Now, my dad was a good guy, but one time in my life, my dad and I played catch. And I, I loved baseball, played baseball all the way through high school. And and so one time, I remember dad stopping and, and playing catch with me. So mom was the major influence in my life. Dad was absent, even though my parents were married for over 60 years. And, and guys, what we tend to do is we think that if we work really, really hard and provide a good life for our kids, that proves to them that we love them. They don't get it from that. Because to a child, love means time. You don't spend time with a child. The child does not believe that you love them. And eventually they will see you as irrelevant. And that's the worst thing you can have happen as a parent. Nothing wrong with hard work. I have a hard time respecting people that don't work hard. Um, the problem is when work is the number one priority. And, and the problem is with that... You cannot buy your way out of being an absent dad with with toys or vacations or anything like that. So what, what I want you to think about today, and this is what happened with Kevin Costner in the movie, he began to live like he was dying because he was. How would your life be impacted if you knew you were going to die soon? Because in the scene where he finds out he's going to die, he says, no Christmas this year. Man, that just that just struck me. I love Christmas. I love to be around my family at Christmas time. And, and what, what if you found out that you wouldn't make it till Christmas? Would that change the way you live? Would you watch that TV show again? All those things you have DVR'd. Would you make time for that? I gotta get this in before I die. Right? No. Would you spend more time at the office? I've gotta answer those emails. I can't leave them hanging. Probably not. You would probably wanna spend time doing what's really important. Whatever you would change, If you were going to die, I suggest you should change anyway because your kids are missing out on you, guys and gals, if you work too much. And what you got to remember is parenting is a temporary job. One day your kids are going to leave the home, hopefully. 
right? I mean, we're in a generation where they keep coming back later and later, later and later. I'm 50 and, and, you know, I don't want my kids. Well, I'm not quite 50. John is, but I'm not quite there yet. I love having John up here because he's the old guy. But I will tell you, Brian, our keyboard player that you never see because he wants to be over in the dark. If we had a curtain, he would be happy. And I'm, I'm calling attention to him right now. Every time he texts me and asks me something, he calls me Pawpaw. And I'm like, dude, I'm not even the oldest one in the band. Get off me. But I call him Sonny. Pawpaw. He goes, well, you're... Anyway, never mind. Totally irrelevant. Hopefully your kids are going to leave one day. But, but what happens when they leave is the character that you helped build into them will guide them. And Jesus told us very clearly in Matthew 12, 33, he said this. This is the message translation. If you grow a healthy tree... You'll pick healthy fruit. If you grow a disease tree, you'll pick worm-eaten fruit. The fruit tells you about the tree. What that means is we need to pay closer attention to what kind of tree our children are becoming instead of any particular fruit on any particular day. You know, like an apple tree, an apple tree is never confused about it's going to produce apples. But our teenagers are confused a lot, so they may produce something strange uh, some days. you got to have the overall picture. That's what I'm talking about. Be ready for the overall picture. We're preparing them for the future. And we don't want kids that just obey because anybody can obey when the police officer's around. Even you speeders. You see a cop, what do you do? First thing you do, tap those brakes or at least let off, you know. Anybody can obey when when the authority is around. What we want is our kids to have such deep character that they obey when nobody's looking. Because who is always looking? God is, right? He always sees that. So I want you to think about your life because character determines your destiny. And I want you to think back to your biggest mistakes you ever made in your life, right? I mean the 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 horrible mistakes that you made. And, and, uh, most of your problems that you, those, those terrible mistakes came because you had a weak character in a certain area. Right? Where, where I'm strong, where my character's strong, I don't have any problems. Where my character's weak, I have problems. And I think you're probably the same way. I usually fail when I don't have inner strength. When you're a parent, you help create your child's future for good or for bad by helping them develop their character. And guess what? You know where character is formed? In relationships. Your kids are absorbing from you and from other relationships what's going to matter in life. They'll learn how to live. And the best thing we can teach them is the idea of boundaries. A boundary is a property line that defines where one person ends and another person begins. So I have boundaries that that protect my time. There's certain things I'll do with my time. There's certain things I won't do with my time. There's, there's certain boundaries I have to, to keep the church out of my personal life. When we were very young as a church, we went on a mission trip to Port Arthur and there was one young man that just kept calling and kept calling. And, and my kids were little at the time. And one of them said, does daddy have to answer his phone? And this guy was in a pretty rough situation. And finally I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm on a mission trip. And I can't answer that anymore. If you're on vacation, don't answer the phone. When I was a youth minister in Arlington, I mentioned, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Actually, maybe about a month ago. Uh, there was a there was a lady who was the mom of one of the kids in my youth group, and she crossed a boundary. And I decided that in a loving, Christian, mature manner, and I mean all of that, 
I'm grinning because I'm thinking about the outcome. But anyway, I decided to tell her that she was trespassing in the nicest way I knew how. See, what had happened was um, something happened. She got mad at, at, at me. I didn't even know what was going on, but she got mad at me. So she calls the church office and she's going to gripe at me. Well, I wasn't there because I was in seminary at the time. So you never knew when I was going to be in the office or not. So she finds out my home phone number, calls home and chews my wife out. Janie wasn't there. She wasn't on the trip, had no idea what was going on. When I got home, Janie's all upset. And I said, what's going on? She tells me, well, I was upset. So I called the lady. I prayed about it. And I called the lady and I said, um, you have crossed a line that, that I never want you to cross again. I said, I'm on staff at the church. I don't have any problem with you calling me. My wife is not on staff at the church. In the future, don't ever call my home. And she said, oh, well, I thought we hired both of you. I said, no, 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 you didn't. You knew better. You were mad. I wasn't there, so you chewed my wife out. Well, when we got off the phone, you know, I told Janie about it, and she said, good, all that stuff. Well, years later, we were talking about it, and Janie said... I was thinking, I'm so glad he protected me from that happening again. She, because her words were, I didn't sign up for that. She knew she was marrying a minister, but she didn't sign up for that trash. So I had to have a boundary that would protect her. Well, our children are not born with boundaries, are they? Is that, is that news to anybody? Our children don't know what boundaries are when they're born, when they come out. You don't, you have to, you have to help kids internalize proper boundaries. And you do that through relationships and discipline. Now, if a child grows up in relationships where they're confused about their boundaries, that means they don't know what they're responsible for, and they're confused about someone else's boundaries, what other people are responsible for, they'll have a very difficult time developing self-control and the ability to navigate through life. What will happen is they'll spend their lives trying to control others while being out of control themselves. In fact, did you know that's one definition of children? Little people who are out of control themselves... And trying to control everyone around them. That's why your kids are bossy. They don't want to be in control. They want to be in control of you, but not themselves. And so we've got to do what we can to help them. Mom and dad, what kids want is mom and dad to change the rules. They don't want to adapt. They're not your ally in the process. They will fight you every step of the way. No wonder parenting is so difficult. Well, in this next scene, you're going to see Kevin Costner trying to reach out to his daughter. And by the way, I didn't know this until I watched the movie. That where it comes from is he has to spend three days, has to, he gets to spend three days, you know, with his daughter. And so she says to him, well, I guess we got three days to kill. What are we going to do? Well, here's part of what they're trying to do on those three days. Your hair? No, no. Yes. Yes, my hair. It's like a freaking cheetah pet. It's, uh, awesome. Really? Yeah. You think this can go to prom? Well, if you're going, you might as well take it with you. Oh, is that, is that some kind of joke? No, no, I mean... All these times, now's the time no, to see a I joke? No, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe we can fix your hair. Fix it? You can fix this? No. You can. You could uh, wash it. You could sleep on it. And look, tomorrow it'll be it'll be back to normal, right? Maybe. You really think so? Yeah. 
Let me make up some dinner. Hey, don't offer to cook dinner if you're going to be three hours late. Look, I'm sorry, Tina, but I was... Uh... Save it. I was crazy to think I could count on you. I was going to ask you to look after Zoe while I go to London for work. Then go. <laughs> really, you should go. I can handle it. You can't handle dinner. How are you going to handle a teenager? How about I just diffuse a major meltdown? Her hair, okay? I have to take the first flight out tomorrow morning. I'm calling a sitter. I was late because I found a doctor who can help me. What? There's a... There's a specialist here in Paris who has an experimental drug she's willing to test on me. Experimental. What exactly does that mean? It means I might be able to spend a little more time with you and Zoe. You should have called Ethan. Because I was going to kill you. Can we just, like, maybe quit uh, fighting for a second? Maybe not talk about killing someone. Me. And I could, uh... I could grill us up some of this tuna. Tuna? Yeah. Tuna? With all that mercury. No way. Oh, Dad has much to learn, doesn't he? See, I, I off, always offer to help my girls or, or Caleb with their hair. I, I, I say, I can do this. This hairstyle fixes everything. They don't think that's very funny. Um, Kevin Costner wants to help, but he doesn't know how. And he's about to learn some very important lessons. Such Lessons like, you cannot control every experience that your child has. Lessons like, you cannot control your kid. When you have a baby, do you tell that baby when to go potty? No. Do you tell that baby when they're going to eat? Do you tell that baby when they're going to sleep? Ask ask Michael and, and Sherry. Michael plays bass over here. They got a dog. Ask them if they can control their dog. Because like for the first three weeks, the dog didn't sleep all night and they were having to take it there, take it out. You know, you, you don't control everything, but you can have an impact on the relationships in your child's life. Now, I don't know, kind of turn up the stage lights for a second. Um, we have these really cool things. These are called Aviom in-ear monitors. And what's really cool about this is every one of us, all the instruments, so the keyboard and, and the, the drums, the med, everything is, is in here. And so every one of us have our own headsets and every one of us have one of these little controllers. And so like, if I don't want to hear John, John's right here, I just turn him down. If he's messing up and I don't want to hear it, I just turn him down. I know, because this happens all the time. I'll, I'll speak into my microphone. Ain't nobody on stage listening. And I'll go, hey, nobody's listening. I'm like, dude, they got me turned down. And I'm like, oh, oh, we must have turned you down. Yeah, right. But here's the thing. The, the cool thing about this is, you know, if you need to hear more of your your uh, guitar, if I'm playing, if I need to hear whoever, I really do, whoever's singing lead, I turn them up so that I can hear them better. Now, I want you to think back to those bad mistakes you made over the last 20, 30 years. Some of us are older than that. John, we got to go back a little further than that, maybe 40 years. And I want you to think about three primary relationships that you had. 
your relationship with your parents or lack of relationship with your parents, your relationship with or lack of relationship with God, and your relationship with people outside the home. Now, what if you could go back to your worst mistakes and dial in a little more of a relationship with your mom and dad? What if at the exact moment you totally messed up your life, what if you could go back there and dial in a relationship with God? And ask him to give you some clear instructions about what you were going to do. What if you could do that? You think that would have kept you from making some colossal mistakes? What if you could go back and you could dial out the bad kids at the moment you were making those decisions. And you could dial in healthy relationships outside the home. Would that make any difference? Would you be a different person today? Sure you would. Now, what I'm, the reason I'm telling you this is we have to plan to influence our kids. If you're a parent, if you've been a parent any amount of time, you know that you can't control them. You can, you might be able to control most of what they do when they're young, but you'll find out that that's not even the point. You're not trying to control them. What you want is influence. You can influence the amount of relationships in their lives. See, I can dial in more time with me. And in fact, Hannah and I have talked about that. I want to dial in more time with me. Not because she's a bad kid, just because I want to know her more. And I said every week. We're going to dial in some time together. I can dial in time with God. I can dial in good relationships, dial out bad relationships. What if you could have dialed out the girl next door when you were a teenager? But it's not enough just to dial out the bad influences. What we want to do is turn around and dial in the good influences. I have to be intentional about finding positive relationships that build my children up. And I want people who build my children up. And so what we're going to do is talk about three dials that you can control that will help your children in the future. First dial is my child's relationship with me. Any, any psych fans? Me. Rest of you watch it. It's great. Great little show. Ephesians 6, 4. John mentioned this a couple weeks ago when he preached. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What God's saying is don't alienate your relationship with your child. Now, understand, you're going to have conflict, right? If you don't have conflict with your child, one of you is not an adult. Your precious little one will fight you because in his mind, her mind, they have much to lose if they start accepting responsibility for their own actions. See, left to their own way, here's what a child does. They say, my life is not my problem. My life is everyone else's problem, especially my parents. And my parents need to clean up all of my messes. And you watch parents do that from Little League, from school, with the police. You watch parents all the time are trying to clean up the messes of their kids because their kids refuse to take responsibility for their own life. My job as a parent is to help my child move from my life is my parent's problem to, dude, my life is my problem. That's maturity. When the Bible says bring them up, it means to nurture them. Bring them up in a way that you never lose influence. Don't be so absent that you lose influence in their lives. Don't be so controlling that you lose influence in their lives. From the moment my kids were born, my job has been to have less and less control, but more and more influence. Does that make sense? You want influence in your kid's life. 
That's what we have to do, move from control to influence. And so in this last scene, now miraculously in, in uh, Hollywood, three days is enough to repair a lifetime of damage. And so you're going to see Dad move from total lack of influence to a very strong influence. Going home. And how exactly am I supposed to get home? You're going to ride this bike. Yeah, I don't think so, Ethan. You're getting on this bike and I'm going to follow you every step of the way. No, you're not. Stop talking and get on the bike. I thought that's what you wanted to do, Ethan. Talk. Get on this bike. Or what? Now! I don't even know how to ride a bike, okay? kind of kid doesn't know how to ride a bike. The kind of kid who never had a father to teach her. This is the flattest spot, so let's just try right here. Did you have to get the biggest bike there? It's not the biggest bike. It's a, it's a girl's bike. Right, you picked it because it had the big bow on it, right? No, I can explain the big bow. I got it. Get on. There's too many people here. Not, I, look, can we go somewhere private? Why? There's not too many people. But it's purple. It is purple. Get on. How do you even get on? Just get on. Wow, we did it. We're halfway there. We're on it. Just give yourself time to push you, okay? It's right here now. Why did you leave us, Ethan? Why did you leave me alone? Look, I traveled a lot, sweetheart. Your mother and I. There's no easy. Um, there's no good answer, honey. No, no, sweetheart, I didn't. Come on. Do you have another family? Is that what it no. is? Do you have another no, perfect no. daughter somewhere? Did you see me and not want me? No, Did you not love me? No, sweetheart, that's not it. But why did it take so long for you to come back? No longer I was gone. <laughs> Felt like harder it was to come back. nothing to do with you what i want more than anything is for my kids not just to know that i love them i want my kids to know that i like them two of the best days of my life have happened in the last month one was the day before father's day when all of my family my kids were at home sitting around the table just laughing and telling stories and then friday night when we were all watching fireworks together i went home my heart was full that day because my family was together. And and I, I don't want them just to think that I love them. I want them to think I like them. You know the difference? You know when you say, oh, I love you, but I don't like you right now. Well, I know there's I know there's temporary problems in our relationships, but I want my kids to know that I like them. And I want to be around them. And 
for the rest of my life. I want them to know they can come home. And I want them to know that that mom and I are going to love them no matter what. And we want to we're going to be the crazy grandparents, you know, and and we may spoil them. I don't know, though. I still got that hard side because I'm going to whip their little butts. Um, I just can't have a little kid defy me. You know, now a kid can be a kid. But when they when Caleb was little, this, we knew we knew he was going to be kind of a strong willed child when he was. I mean, he could barely talk. And there was a little heater in the in the living room. And the dude walked up and, and I said, no. He looked at me. I said, don't you touch that. He touched it. Smacked his hand. Ah! 30 seconds later, he looked at me. I said, no. Smack. He cried. This went on. I'm not kidding. 30 minutes. I'm like, dear Jesus. Janie had to leave the room because she's like, I just can't handle this. 30 minutes later, he walks in there, looks at me, touches it, and runs down the hallway. I'm not lying. Another 30 minutes. So, I mean, sometimes you have some little conflict and, and your children do this. I'm going to smack their little booties, but they're going to love coming to Amy. Is that what Jay? Janie wants to be called Amy because she wants the kid to say, I'm going to Miami's house. <laughs> that is my wife. I don't know what I'm going to be called yet. Probably whatever the first one calls me. Anyway, so I have to be intentional about dialing in my relationship with my kids. Even though my kids are all teenagers, I still want to hang out with them. Right? And I want them to know that. Second dial is, is my child's relationship with God. There's a promise in Scripture that every child needs to have implanted in their heart and in their mind. And it's from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is the today's English version, but I like the way it says it. it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And here's my favorite part of, of this translation. Never rely on what you think you know. Can I get a testimony about when you, th- when you relied on what you thought you knew and you messed up? Anyone? Anyone? Right? Four or five of us. It's only the ones over 40 who raised their hands. You other idiots, you have that testimony now. Right? Never rely on what you think you know. And here's, in fact, I want you to say this. God has a plan for your life. Say that. Don't miss it. Try it again. God has a plan for your life. Don't miss it. Look at your neighbor. Say, God has a plan for your life. Don't miss it. Turn the other way. Find another neighbor and say, God has a plan for your life. Don't miss it. Okay, that's what I want my kids to know. My greatest fear in life, my greatest fear in life is that my kids will miss the plan that God has for them. Because would you agree there's a lot of plans out there? If God wants us to have his plan and to find his plan, how come so many of us are missing it? It's because so many of us are relying on what we think we know. Say amen or ouch. All right, you can say that. All right, so look at the rest of the verse. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. So if we teach our kids to trust God in every area of their lives, God has promised to show them the right way. We miss it because we rely on what we think we know. Here's the key. Surrender, and then God shows you the way. 
Surrender every area of your life if you want to discover God's way. It doesn't happen the other way. You don't discover it and then surrender. God says, I want you to surrender and then you'll discover my way. I'll show you my way. If we as parents begin living that out before our kids, they'll learn that concept. The last dial that I want to talk about is my child's relationship with those outside the home. If you ever want wisdom, go to Proverbs. Proverbs, I love it because it just doesn't hold anything back. Here's the New Living Translation of Proverbs 13.20. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise. Whoever walks with what? Fools will suffer what? Harm. Your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. Said this a few weeks ago. I may have even said it last week. You remember the worst stories in your life? You remember when you got in trouble? You said, I had these friends. And then you tell about colossal stupidity. Now, we do dumb things when we're by ourselves, right? We reserve the biggest idiotic moments of our lives for when we're with dumb friends. Right? Yes. So we've got to be careful to dial out the wrong influences, dial in the right ones. Um, I want good influences in my kids' lives. Doesn't it make sense that if you're a parent, you want to influence those who will influence your kids? Pray about this and, say, and ask God, who are the people that I need to influence who are influencing my kid's life? Because you're already influencing your kids either positively or negatively. The question is, will you make the decision today to be intentional? Dial out bad influences, dial in good influences, dial in relationship with yourself, dial in relationship with God. So three crucial questions to ask yourself as we're finishing up today. First of all, what am I doing to enhance my relation, my child's relationship with me? You've got to be intentional about that. You've got to plan some things because I know in the Washburn household, if we do not put it on the calendar, it doesn't happen. Tuesday, I'm going to a Rangers game. You know when we planned the Rangers game? No. <laughs> Yesterday. No. It was, it was June 4th when I bought the tickets for July 8th. Because if it doesn't get on the calendar, it's not going to happen. And this is kind of cheesy too. I looked, to, I got it on StubHub, so I got some really cheap tickets. But I also wanted a Prince Fielder replica jersey. And the first 15,000 people who get there. So we're going early because I'm getting a jersey. But you need to intentionally dial in your relationship with yourself. Second question, what am I doing to advance my child's relationship with God? When my kids were little, we did something called family night. And my kids loved them. And, and we just did different things, but usually it was a Bible story. We did some, some, um, uh, some of them were science Bible stories. They were experiments and things like that. But one of my favorites, and my kids still remember this, was the story of Lazarus. Because what we did was we read the story and then we acted it out. In fact, we did it the first year that we went to, uh, no, the second year we went to Haiti and we're doing it again this year because it's so much fun. You, you take Lazarus and you have him die and you wrap him up in toilet paper and you lay him down, you put the tomb. And so we'll put all kinds of palm branches and all stuff over him when we're in, in Haiti in my, in my living room, it was pillows. So every one of us got to be Lazarus and died. Every one of us got to be Jesus and say, Lazarus, come forth. You know, it was the coolest thing and you'd bust out of the pillows and you tear off all of the toilet paper and you're alive. Yay. Think my kids, think my kids remember that? Y'all remember that? You do. You may have been two at the time. The others were older. They remember. Um, we, we watched veggie tales all the time. How many of you know what veggie tales are? 
VeggieTales, some of the best theology you can ever put into your kids' lives. Now, Phil Vischer is the creator of it. Um, he actually lost VeggieTales in, in a lawsuit, but now he has a series called What's in the Bible? And it is excellent. In fact, a lot of parents need to be watching What's in the Bible because the theology is so good. You intentionally dial in your your child's relationship with God. And number three, what am I doing to influence my child's relationship with those outside the home? Since control of my children was never the goal, influence is, what can I do to have maximum impact on not only my children, but on the people who are influencing my children? I want my kids at church every time we have something. Every youth group. In fact, we don't plan anything on Wednesday nights because my kids don't want to miss youth group. When they were younger and and they're in gymnastics, my girls, or when Caleb was in baseball or soccer, we didn't do anything on Wednesday nights because Wednesday nights were church nights. And we wanted to make sure our kids were here. That those those sports teams can do whatever they want to. My kids were going to be here on Wednesday nights. I want my kids going to every camp that I can get them to. I want people who know Jesus pouring into my kids. On the other hand, if I can't trust you or your children, you better believe, I don't care if I hurt your feelings. I will dial you out of my kids' lives. Does that make sense? And, and I don't care if, if you're the biggest donor in the church. If you have no integrity, if you're a kid and you want to hang out with my kids, you lie to my face, you're gone. Now I'll give you a second chance, but you got to come through me. Does that make sense? I'm not going to put up with that because my kids' lives are too valuable. So all of this to say, we can influence our kids, and that's what we really want. Now, some of you aren't parents yet. You're going to be. You better be taking notes. Because I remember when we brought Caleb home from the hospital. It was a stormy night, and all my church had come to see us, you know, but it was a Saturday night. We got around 8 p.m. It was cold. It was in January. And we went home, and we didn't have a clue what to do with that little baby. And the first night, I slept with my hand on his chest because I was so afraid he'd quit breathing. And, and the first eight months of his life in my memory are yellow because the little light that we had on the stove was real dingy and it had, we had an old nasty stove and it was dingy and had grease all over it and it was yellow. Every memory I have for the first eight months was that little boy in my living room, either on my chest. There was one night, I, I, one night I was so tired, hadn't slept in like a week and, and you know, it, I'm looking at him, he's just blinking. And I'm going, dear God, help him go to sleep. And he didn't, and I'm not kidding. This is, this is the only time this ever happened in my life. But I said, Lord, you're going to have to watch him. I laid him down, and I fell asleep about five minutes, and I woke up and I went, thank you, Jesus. And, you know, that was enough to get me through. The next day, Janie said, you did what? <laughs> what kind of difference would it have made if your parents had known to dial in their relationship with you at those critical moments in your life? What, what kind of impact would it have had if your parents had known to dial in the God factor in your life? 
What if they had known how to dial out the bad influences and find people who love you and want the best for you and dial them in? What kind of difference would that have made in your life? Huge, right? But now you know, and you can make a difference in the next generation. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you that even though my parents made some some huge mistakes, the number one thing I learned from them is God is faithful. When we had no money, they taught me that you were faithful. When dad almost got laid off or when they went on strike, we learned that you're faithful. And so God, I want my kids to find your plan for their lives more than anything else. And I think I have a room full of people here who want their children to seek you with everything they have. So God, help us to be wise about the influences we allow to come into our kids' lives. And help us to be intentional. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.